up, Res Hockey fans? Hi. Welcome to episode number five. I am Trev, and with me, as always, is Bush. What's up, Bush? Not much, Trevor. Not much at all. Had a long run today. Running in plus 30 weather? Like, come on, man. (laughs) Why? Why? That's all I have to say is why. Conditioning myself, you know. 40 plus, I got to be the fast. I have to look the fastest at least. <laughs> You're on a bunch of, you know, people older than me. I'm not, I'm not even going to try the exercise or jog run. Not even bike ride, man. Just a natural athlete, eh? Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't pass the red line. So all offense, no defense. I'm not passing that red line. So your typical res player then. I get it. Yep. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. This episode is sponsored by Martin's Design. Martin's Design is owned by Natasha Martin, my own sister, and I couldn't even remember her last name. (laughs) Uh, Tosh does custom-made earrings, medallions, necklaces. Find her on Facebook. Um, Search her, Natasha Martin. She does a lot of great work, and she's making us a res hockey medallion. So I can't wait for her to start that. So it's going to be uh, looking sharp once she makes it. I'm going to wear it proud and just uh, show that thing off. So, yeah, where's, if you're looking. Where's mine? You probably have to pay for it. I'll oh. give you a, a good deal. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. how. Yeah. Like medallions are expensive, but I she's uh, going to do it for free so thank yeah. you to my sister natasha martin i think so uh, up. husbands yeah. boyfriends mistresses mistresses if you're looking for something to get your partner uh get her some earrings some necklaces or a medallion yeah, or yeah yeah search her up natasha martin on facebook wives <laughs> love that earrings stuff so and you know, and all the guys like the hockey medallions, like they're just wonderful gift ideas. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, help her out because uh it's hard work doing those earrings because me and Tone, we did earrings as a, like a side project for work, and holy man, that takes forever. Like you get a sort the colors and it's a lot of work. I bet I bet it's a lot of work. It looks like a lot of work. Plus, it doesn't just take you like a couple hours, right? To do no. like a year. No, it takes you a long time. So just imagine how how dedicated that your sister is to make that medallion different sizes. You see them on Facebook advertised. Like they probably take a good like good month to make. Because when I did, I made Paula some earrings for Christmas as a gift. It took me like two weeks to be like, holy Mac. What a boy. I'm proud of yeah. you. Yeah, I'll show you them. They're actually okay. turned out pretty good. Not as good as Tone is though. He's uh he's pro that that guy. Tone is a pro. He is. Love you, my bro. Yeah, we love you, but <laughs> maybe ask him to make you a medallion. Oh yes, Tone you should. Can you make me something for uh you know for that's an hockey medallion? You know, hockey medallion. No, yeah. That that that'd be a good one. I'd like to see that one. Yeah, me too. He'll probably just say buy me beads and thread then, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got uh Episode five, cause of the week. Yeah, who is it? Drumroll! No, Michael, 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 Michael. For this week, cause of the week is Miss Dennis Akiwenzi from Southampton, Ontario. She's originally yeah. from Moose Factory, but she lives in Southern Ontario. And we would like to give a shout out to Riverside Remedy Cannabis Dispensary in Saugeen First Nation. They're a locally. Well, not locally to us, but they're a First Nation-owned shop. And get this, customers get 20% off for going there for the first time. So first-time customers, 20% off. Boom. Can't be that. That is a long drive from here, though. Yeah, that is. But if you're in southern Ontario, yeah, we'll help support our uh, brother and sister down there. Yeah, our cause of the week. So that's a a good deal, 20% off. That is good. I don't know what the regular price is, but anything 20% off is a good deal. Anything 20% off is yeah. good. So thanks for reaching out and asking us to be because of the week. And if you want to be because of the week, shoot us some matches and we'll put hit your name down. Our, hit us up on our Facebook page. You know, you stop us on the street. 
wake <laughs> us up in the middle of the night, you know, something. Yeah. Get our attention. <laughs> and uh, for shout outs. There you go. We got a couple shout outs yes. this week. First, yeah. I want to say shout out to uh, Mr. Bert Linklater and Moosini, Birdie Boy. I guess he was listening to the podcast. So thanks for the support, Birdie Boy. Second, we have Mr. Jason Roach. Roachy lives in Grand Prairie, Alberta. I played hockey with him. Great guy. Fan of the podcast. So thanks, Roachy. Next was Mr. Josh Hamilton. He's from Marathon, Ontario. Josh is a big Leafs fan. He went to the Leafs Montreal game in Montreal when they first had fans. And he was a couple rows behind the benches. And this guy's a dark. verify that because it sounds like when they, sounds like prior to that game, they never had fans. Well, they did it because of the damn pandemic. But what was that game three? He was at game three and he was going live on Facebook. So I, I was sitting there just having fun watching his videos, his live videos. But he had wicked seats. So shout out, Josh. Thanks, bro. Next is Mr. Tom Fiddler from Sandy Lake. Tom said to say he's uh, to say hi to Sandy Lake Chiefs hockey team. He's uh, Mr. Seaside Sunday player. So thanks for. Uh, the message, Tom, and I like last seaside players. Yeah, seaside's are good though. Yeah, seaside's fun. At least you're in a championship game, right? Yeah, you're playing mm-hmm. on a Sunday. You're that's the goal, right? Yep. So uh, that's it for shoutouts on my end. How about you, Bush? You I, got any? Yeah, I got a couple of shout out shout outs. Got a couple shouts. of boys. Shouts. Shouts. Hey, there you go. Tears for fears in the background. For, I don't know. I was going Motley Crew on that one. Oh, shout out to the, the devil. Yeah. Did you ever watch those guys? Live? Oh, I saw them seven times. Really? Yes. I never watched them. I watched Metallica uh, four times, though. I saw Metallica three. Three. You were there at the same concert. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you first. I saw you. I saw you way <laughs> over there. Over there. We're but pointing. yeah, Motley <laughs> Crue, man. I love Motley Crue. They were probably one of my top five all times. Right on, right. Okay, I got, I got my boy, a couple boys at work. uh, You know, they're fun to work with. Uh, Tim Zablowski, I was up at his house recently. You know what? He's got a a really cool setup outside on his deck. It's, uh, he's got a TV uh, off to the wayside. It's about, I'd say about maybe 30, 40 inch TV, and he's, it's on his deck. It's outside. It's got, it's behind some kind of plexiglass. It's pretty cool. We watch playoff game. Let's go. We're going. Okay, and then uh, my boy Clint Sear, otherwise we call him Big C at work. We have a happy belated birthday, June 27th. He is a young, marvelous 35 years old. Happy birthday. Belated. Happy birthday, buddy. And that's it that's for it, my that's show. All? Right on. FFS, we forgot to do this again, Bush. I even really? wrote it down. You wrote it down last week, too. I know. Our <laughs> guest for episode number five. We have two guests this show. The first guest is Mr. Ryan White from Whitefish Bay, Ontario. He's he one, is of, a, uh, my, one of my many good cousins in Whitefish Bay. Ryan is a singer for Whitefish Bay Drum Group. And I've asked him, I invited him, asked him to come on the show and sing us a song. So Ryan will be on the show later on to sing us a song. And our second guest is Mr. Darren Reed. Uh, Mr. Reed is from Buffalo Lake Métis Settlement out in Alberta. Great guy. Uh, we had a great interview. We had a lot of fun. And uh, I missed it. Yeah, Bush missed it. He uh, yeah. didn't. It was a no show. He was like one of those thousand dollar players that no show. That no shows. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good interview. So Mr. Darren Reed played for Tampa Bay Lightning and Philadelphia Flyers. So it was a great interview that with them, with them, not them, with him. <laughs> oh, why do I always have a brain fart? That's okay. Oh. It, it, it's happening to the best of us. Oh, man. But yeah, just, that was, it was, it's awesome to have these. About your work, that's all. Yeah. So thanks to Ryan and Darren. We'll uh, listen to their interviews in a couple minutes. So good was it to hear power music again, though. It was awesome. I I haven't heard it in like what two years going on two summers. So Mm -hmm. it was good to have Ryan on playoffs. Who'd have thought? Hey, did you hear me scream the the other night in in overtime when uh, no, no, I uh, had to pick up Anna because Anna was done work at Safeway at 10 o'clock. So 
I tried to rush home oh. and I was just at the, the mental stop sign. I don't know why I'm pointing. You guys can't see <laughs> me. Pointing I'm pointing where the stop <laughs> sign is. Like, come on. <laughs> at least I'm pointing with my hand and not with my lips. But anyway, yeah, that's true. That's true. He is. I, I can verify it. But yeah, I was at mental when when uh, Montreal scored and I tried to rush home and watch it, but uh, I just, <laughs> I missed it. Oh, I didn't. I caught it. I watched it right away. True story. Another shot. I, as soon as uh, they scored, I was jumping around. I was screaming. And I called my buddy, Corey, so Corey Cedarwall. He's about as hardcore a Habs fan as me Oilers and you Leafs. Like he's got a total shrine decked out. He's, uh, he's a hardcore Habs fan. Pretty good to see him or hear him screaming joy. We, we were joking about uh, going to Montreal for the playoffs, but uh, there's a little bit of uh, <clears throat> inflated cost to that in Montreal. Isn't that crazy? Prices for game three and four, like $32,000. Yeah. I wish I was on council. I wish I was the chief. That'd I be wish peanuts. I, I wish my dad or mom was chief because then, you know, they'd hook us up. Yeah, I know. I'm going to tell my dad, dad, we're in for council. Why? Because I want money to go to a hockey game. Oh, <laughs> right. we, should, we should get sponsored for that. I check StubHub. I almost and? said, I almost said, said Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> I checked Pornhub for tickets for game <laughs> one and two in Tampa. They're my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dennis, good to hear you again. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Anyways I checked uh, StubHub, not Pornhub. Yeah. And tickets for game one and two, like the average price is like 500 bucks. Where? In Tampa. And that's on so, the first level. So we can fly down to Tampa, probably spend a couple bucks on beers, maybe like 10. 10 bucks. Per, 10 bucks per, you know. <laughs> 10 bucks per beer. Yeah spend like lots of it on beer because it's their American beer fly, spend a couple of days golfing, fly back to Canada. And we're, we're still not even uh, afford one ticket to a Habs game. <laughs> I think, yeah. If you catch a flight, your hotel, your game ticket and like things to do like golfing and your drinks mm -hmm. and your meal, that's still like two grand, maybe three yeah. tops. And yet you want to pay 32,000 for a seat. Yeah. Come on, Montreal people. Lower the tickets. That's just, that's not a hockey fan. Like, yeah, you want to make a couple of bucks, but you don't want to make that, like, rip people off just to watch Montreal play. Come on. Like, we know it's a final. Like, we know it's the final, Stanley Cup final. Prices, the scalpers just get a hold of, uh, like, they send these bots their computers. And yeah. They, they get, you know, just like the PS5s, for example. So they, they get the tickets and then, thing is is that me you consumers will pay like if we're in a law firm or we're daddy's kids from a big law firm shit like that like we'll pay for that guilty if uh edmonton was in the finals would you pay like I'd, a couple grand i'd sell my truck to go oh yeah i'd probably pay lots too if toronto was in the finals next year next toronto year, will be in the finals and I next year edmonton. i will go to toronto i'm going to edmonton I'm going to Edmonton if they're in the finals next year. Well, when you mean when they're in the finals? Yeah, don't give me that. I uh, look. <laughs> I would pay. Yeah, I would take out a loan from Insta Loan and says pay that high interest fee, thirty percent interest fee for five grand to go go to a lease game. What was that one called? City Financial. City Financial. Yeah. yeah. Fucking 40% interest. Or Money Mart. Let's see Money who has Mart, the cheapest man. interest rate and we'll go get a loan to go to the cup finals next year. That pay sounds like a plan. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, take us 10 years to pay off three grand, but hey, we'll be at the game. <laughs> <laughs> we should start fundraising this summer. So by the next time, next yes. June, when the Leafs are in the finals, we'll have money to pay for we tickets. Should, we should start like mowing grass and um, collecting empties. And, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's. I could do running thons who wants to sponsor me. Uh -oh. Well, you won't. No, I'll sponsor you like five bucks. <laughs> who do you got uh, winning game number one? Game one is tonight. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say, I don't know. It's hard to say because everything I've picked up, I've been wrong. I'm going 
four one Montreal. Yeah, that's a good. I'm gonna go three one. Just under, just to undermine you. Four one and no, three one empty net goal. That Cole Caulfield kid will get two goals tonight. No, he's not gonna get two goals. He will. He's he's gonna get the first goal. And then everything he does, he's gonna muck it up in the corner, speed away, and then he'll get he'll get two assists because they're gonna converge of him and then leave Corey Perry open. Yeah, true. Okay, but uh, right now we'll go to our first interview with Mr. Ryan White from Whitefish Bay. He's an Oilers fan, so yes, he is. He has a lot of time on his hands with the Oilers being out. Almost first, as much time as you. But. Oh, whatever. <laughs> FFS, man. FS, FFS. So we'll go to our interview with Brian. Then we'll uh, go to our interview with Mr. Darren Reed from Alberta. So we'll be back after a, a word from our sponsors. Yes, we will be. Hey, Res Hockey. We are here with our special guest, Mr. Ryan White. He is the third lead leading singer for Whitefish Bay Singers. They're our award-winning drum group. So uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Can you tell us the song that you will be singing for us? The, uh, the song that I'm going to share is uh, with you guys is, is, uh, is a flag song that's basically known throughout uh, um, Turtle Island or... Native American country, and it's it, it's known through like like anywhere you go, you you would hear it, and I, I thought it would be uh, fitting for this uh, podcast since you have so many listeners from all over, and everybody will kind of probably relate to it. I was thinking of singing uh, something else, but I kind of thought this was, was more fitting. But it's a uh, a flag song that's fairly old, and um, it's almost like a uh, how. Canada has their uh, anthem, and this is what be this would be one of our um, country's anthems. All right, go ahead and uh, sing away. Yeah. Yeah, 
other tribes that have different plague songs or carry, carry their own but that's probably the, one of the most common ones especially in uh, Canada wow that was awesome right that was awesome that was good to hear I haven't heard a good song in a while and it was good to hear you sing again uh ryan and i used to work together uh, a couple years ago and it was always a treat to hear him and his family sing um our uh we would have little mini powwows at the school we worked at. So it was always awesome just to be able to hear and see them sing. Like you get paid just to hear them sing. So it's always, always a treat to see you, my brother. And uh, hopefully we can see you, see you in person soon. And we'll have to catch up and as a post on the screen, I know bushes <laughs> for the people that can't see uh, Ryan's wearing an Oilers hat and Bush is wearing a scarf. It's plus 30. And this guy's Bush is wearing a scarf. So I don't know. Yeah. And, <laughs> And Ryan uh, has a Edmonton Oilers drumstick, so I don't know about these guys. Family stick together. <laughs> yeah. right. All right, Ryan. Well, uh, have to have you come on the show again and sing for us once more. Jim Miigwech for coming on the show, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again. Okay, Miigwech, everyone. Okay. Okay. We'll see you. See you, Ryan. That was an awesome song sung by Mr. Ryan White, and it was mm-hmm. awesome to hear some live powwow. Powwow songs and it just uh it's always good to hear some some musics from our people and i really enjoyed it okay now we'll okay. go to our interview with mr darren reed from buffalo lake metis settlement alberta so we'll go to our interview with darren what's up res hockey i'm here with our guest for episode number five Mr. Darren Reed. He is from Buffalo Lake Métis Settlement out in Alberta. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks, Trevor. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's nice out here in Kenora. It's plus 32. There's no wind, though, so it's kind of just a dry heat. How is it? How's the weather out in Alberta? <laughs> it's it's quite the same. It's very hot today. It's uh, plus 36 today. Uh, no wind, so yeah, it's... Uh... It's a scorcher. It's really dry here too, which is scary for uh, forest fires, but hopefully we'll get some rain. Uh, you were drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the eighth round, 256th overall. How was that experience? It was a great, it was a great experience. I mean, it, uh, I remember uh, getting the call from uh, my agent and mentioning that uh it would be possible I would be drafted this year. So, you know, you don't really get too excited until, uh, you know, it starts becoming a reality. You get to the, to the draft and, you know, or you start going through the rounds and it was, it was real exciting. I mean, uh, I only knew one person before who's been drafted uh, from my, from Northern Alberta. So it was a, it was a great experience to, to be drafted into the NHL. How was your first rookie camp? The first rookie camp, it was, it was a bit overwhelming. Um, we had, uh, we went to Traverse city, uh, Michigan, uh, to play in, uh, in a tournament there. And it was, um, you know, it, it coming from, from Buffalo Lake here and, you know, not having the exposure, uh, that I did, uh, you know, as a, as a normal kid playing in the Western league or at 16, 17, I joined the Western league at 18. Um, you know, you had to, you had to learn a lot of things very quick and pretty much take it in stride. But uh, I was lucky that I had some uh, good coaches and uh, good teammates as well as trainers who kind of guided us in in the right direction. So I was very thankful for that. It was was exciting, to be honest. Uh, Once I was on the ice, uh, it was exciting to to know that it was becoming a reality. Tell us about your first Uh, NHL game. Uh, You played for Tampa against detroit how was that well it was 
you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. It, it was, uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, I, I remember my first NHL game was my game preparation was not the same as all my other games because of how excited I was. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, usually you have your own routine, you know, you, you have a nap before the game, but I mean, I was so excited. I couldn't, um, but, um, as far as the game, um, my favorite player uh, growing up was Steve Eiserman, and he was uh, from Detroit. So we were playing Detroit, uh, and he was already, uh, I think he might have been retired already, but just to see, uh, you know, Datsuk and Zetterberg and to play against them guys was, uh, was, uh, was really exciting. And uh, I remember the one time in the pregame skate, I was out on the bench taping my stick and I was watching the, you know, watching their, their pregame skate. And my trainer comes out and he's like, he looks at me and he said, Hey reader, you realize you got to play these guys tonight. <laughs> Close your mouth. He says. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it, right then and there, I, you know, I kind of snapped out of it and realized, you know, like I am at this level. So I, I, I do need to prepare mentally different. And from that point on, it was, uh, it was a professional mindset. It wasn't, uh, you know, you, you learn very quick how to get into that, into that mindset and into that role. So it was, it was very exciting. Yeah, I bet. Like with your Tampa team, like you had like a lot of stars on your hand. Like you had Le Clavier, you had Dan Boyle, you had like Brad Richards, Martin St. Louis, Sador. Like how was it playing with those guys? Like they're superstars. And how was it for a young kid like you to come up and see them in the dress room? You know, it was uh, when I first played my game, like I, I already knew all of them from when I was 18, going to, to main camps and, and summer camps. So I got to know a lot of them really well. And one of the things that uh, w- was great is Dan Boyle, and Vincent LeCavalier were probably two of the best teammates I've ever had. They were professional. They, they, they did not, uh, they were humble. You know, they did not think they were, they were all-stars in the locker room. They were true leaders in the locker room. And that was probably one of the, the things that got me uh, comfortable in that, in that pro game. You know, they were, they led by example and, uh, you know, Le Cavalier was, we, I was, I sat beside him uh, in the locker room and Dave Anderchuk on my left and Le Cavalier on my right. So it was, wow. I got a, I got a lot of good leadership um, out of them two guys alone uh, about uh, the, the game, the mental structure, the mental aspect um, of preparations and games. And, um, you know, it's, it's from, if I did not have those two to welcome me onto the team uh, so easily. I'm not sure if it could have been, uh, you know, it would have been a little tougher to to be able to uh, make that next step, but they uh, they were definitely there for me. And that's one of the, the best things that I always remember as a, as a teammate um, at that level is you gotta be professional in every area. So, I mean, it was, it was a good feeling as a young kid knowing stepping into the league that they had they had my back so it was and and, and it was great that they were all-stars right so yeah um no other better better teammates to uh, to look up to in 06 you got traded to philadelphia how was it to play for a team with such a rich history with like the broad street bullies and bobby clark and especially Reggie Leach, like how was it playing for the Flyers in a hockey crazed city? You know, it, it was um, it was always upbeat, and what I mean by that is, it didn't matter if it was practice or a game, the the intensity was always upbeat. There was an always high intensity in in practice, but that was just their their the Flyers organization that was their like uh, their aura that that's what they just give off and every player that goes through Philadelphia is is a hard-nosed tough player and that's just what they want so to be able to to be that player every night it uh, 
you needed to be mentally prepared. I mean, you needed to start from when you wake up in the morning to be able to have that high intensity mentally and, and then physically to be able to match that, right? So they were, it was a great organization. Um, that's the style I played and the physical tough style. So it was, it was something that they liked, they liked uh, about my play. So um, I, I think it was just easy to fall into that, into that uh, mindset, into that game, just because everybody liked that style of play. So you, you played that style of play every night and you know, they, they, they liked it, but unfortunately, you know, I broke my shoulder and they didn't want to sign me for what I wanted, um, for what, uh, you know, I scored like 13 goals or 16 goals in the, in the 40 games that I played that year and then before I broke my shoulder. So, um, the organization was great. I, you know, Paul Holmgren was the general manager at that time. And I don't even know if he is right now, but, um, he was a great general manager. He was hard nosed that, uh, that made sure everybody gave 110% every night. And if you did not, uh, you were aware of it before you closed your eyes that night. So um, it, uh, it, it was a good, it was a great organization. It was probably the best organization I played for. Darian Hatcher played that same season as you. How was it um, like for practice? How was it? Did you guys battle it out? And because he's known to be like, he's going to take your head off type player. And if you go in the corner with him, did you do any crazy drills with him? Yes, we did. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of battle drills. Um, and, and that was just part of their intensity uh, workout in practice. But um Darian Hatcher was a, he was a good leader. He was a true leader. I mean, he was been in there for what, almost 20 years before I got there. So, um, you know, you, you follow by, you lead by example and then you just follow suit from these guys of how they're working and how they're training and, and even working their butts off on the ice. Right. But, um, he was, he was a different, he, I, I looked up to him as a leader not as a player. I mean, I mean, his skill wasn't the best, um, but it was his leadership skill that really, uh, that, that I noticed and that I was able to take a couple things from him. Um, but as far as uh, uh, um, he was a good, he was a good teammate. Um, you know, they're, they're, every, every player at that level is a good teammate. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it just, just depends what you can learn off of them. Right. Yeah. True. You were able to play some, some seasons in the AEC child. Who was your favorite player to play with either league, like in the American league or, or with Tampa or the flyers who was, yeah. Who was your one favorite player to play with? I guess um, my first, uh, my first game with the lightning uh, I'd probably have to say um, Frederick Modine. Frederick Modine was a was a really good uh, forward. He wasn't looked at as a power forward, but he was a power forward. And you know, you learn. You don't even have to talk to the guy. You just watch him, and you just watch his game and how he plays. And you can learn some things if you're if you're wanting to learn it, right? And yeah, that's what kind of the mindset I took in when I was with the lightning is I wanted to learn from everybody to see what type of pro they were. Um, and yes, there's guys that, that, that are, that are pros and some guys are still learning, but, and that's where you just have to know that, but, or, you know, you, you talk to your teammates and your coaches and trainers and whatnot, but it's, it's Frederick Modine was, was a good leader. Him and Dave Anderchuk, Dave Anderchuk really taught me a lot. Uh, what to do in front of the net like um, he was probably the one of the best if not the best uh, player in front of the net to score goals so I mean he made a career out of it so to learn to take in what he was teaching us in practice was um, was a was a gift like um, you know it was I was very honored that he was able to take uh, uh, five minutes out of his practice to to be able to teach us some of the things in front of the net and still stuck with me today so those are some things that I am um, going to be teaching in in some of my hockey schools and have um, some of those 
some of those uh, leadership skills that I've learned from them. So probably have to say Frederick Monet and Dave Anderchuk with <clears throat> and and with the Flyers. <clears throat> the Flyers was uh, Peter Forsberg. Wow, eh? Peter Forsberg was by far the best player, stand-up guy, and leader that I've ever seen in the NHL. He 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 led by example in every area. He was led on the ice in the weight room practice, even away from the rink. He was he was just a, a stand-up guy. And I'll I'll give you an example of, of of what type of person Peter Forsberg is. So we uh we landed in in uh Florida in Miami to play uh the Panthers and or Fort Lauderdale, but we landed there to play the Panthers and my buddy, we were both rookies and this is with the flyers. We were leaving to go for supper and we're waiting outside the hotel for our, for our cab. And uh, Forsberg comes down, he stands right beside us and he puts both of his arms around us and he's like, Hey boys, where are you guys on? <laughs> and uh, they said, Oh, we're going out for uh, going out for, for supper. He's like, uh, you guys called the cab. And we're like, yeah, I should be here in a couple minutes. So he's like, you guys mind if I join you? So I, I look over, I'm like, no, of course not. Like, what am I going to say? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And so the cab pulls up. I look over at my buddy and, and I walk around to the other side, you know, because I thought Peter Forsberg was going to make him sit in the middle. And I walk around to the other door and I get in. And all of a sudden, as I'm getting in, I see Peter Forsberg hopping into the middle <laughs> in between two of us rookies. And I was like, uh yo man i look over at stefan Zizka, he's from uh russia and he's laughing and i look at him like what are you doing so i get out of the car and i'm like yo you can sit by the door and he's like no 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 i told him he can sit by the door i'll sit be- i'll sit in between you two rocks <laughs> so i was just like what i'm like this is an all-star wow in the nhl and he is sitting in between two of us rookies in the backseat of a cab. I thought, and that, that, that spoke to me a lot, you know, because yeah, I'm not sure if there would have been any other players, um, any other all-star veterans that would have even shared a cab with us. So that's where I was like, wow. I'm like, this guy's a, a real, uh, like a, like a, like a great guy. So now when we got down to the beach, uh, where we were going to go and eat, um, we went to pay for our cab and he goes, no, 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 no guys. I'll pay for the cab. I'm going to carry on. So you guys have a, a good safe afternoon. So when the cab left, we both looked at each other. We just instantly both said, what a great guy. <laughs> we just started laughing. We said, but we, that was probably one of the, the best uh, moments that I've had with another, with an all-star player in the NHL. Like it's wow. Peter Forsberg. Yeah. I, I don't think there would have been too many, uh, too many other guys uh, like him out there and there's not, but uh, my first shift with the Flyers was with Forsberg and uh, Simone Gagne on the power play, um, wow. which I hit the post, but <laughs> I didn't score a goal, but I was that close a few times. And yeah. Wow. I can tell they wanted to, they wanted to get me to puck, but it was a, it was a great experience in that aspect. You mentioned your hockey school, which is called beat the dream hockey. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so uh, a buddy of a buddy of mine uh, and myself, we have uh, started a, a hockey development program um, a little over a month ago, month and a half ago. Um, we I, I've always done the hockey schools over the last couple of years, but I haven't. Uh, I wanted to make it like into a like uh, into a development program where I can start teaching a lot of what I've been taught, like from some of these pros as Le Cavalier and Dan Boyle and Forsberg and Gagne and I, and uh, Danielle Briere. Um, I played with him with the Flyers and the things that they have taught there, it's the reason as to why they're all-stars in that league. And a lot of these tools that they have are not taught. So it's, I think um, now is is a time that that it needs to be taught. I mean, I think I believe in timing, and timing is is key in everything. And I retired uh, 10, 12 years ago, and 
at that time, I just didn't feel like I was ready to teach, um, you know, some of, some of these yet, but, um, our hockey beat the dream hockey development is it's, it focus. It's main focus is on your hockey development. Um, because it starts at a young age. It, it, you don't just wake up at 15, 16 years old and say, I want to play in the NHL. It doesn't work like that. It starts from when you're a young kid, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, it becomes your, your life, your lifestyle. So we, we want to implement that in our hockey schools to start teaching kids a foundation of a professional game because, and, and the reason why that I want to do that is when I got to the Western hockey league, I wasn't prepared uh, mentally. I didn't know some of those things that my teammates knew already at that, that at that age. So when I, I had to learn it and I had to learn it twice as fast. So in order to be able to stay at that level. So it was, those are some of like, like, like the power skating and the edge work and, and even the mental preparation of practices and games. Like those are, those are, those two alone, like the mental preparation alone, that is so huge. Yeah. If I, if I knew the things I knew now about mental preparation, about even uh, games or practices, I would have been a 10 times better hockey player. And I didn't know the proper ways of training uh, of even, even a, a nutritionist and eating properly. And um, so to teach the young kids how to prepare properly to becoming a pro player is so huge. And yeah. in the last 10 years, 15 years, they don't teach a lot of that. Like you always hear the saying, hockey is 10% physical and 90% mental. And I talked with my business partner the other day and I said, you're right. They do not teach the 90% mental. So a lot of the, a lot of the game in that 90% can make kids a lot better yeah. without even touching the ice, because it's a mental aspect that they don't teach at the pro game. You get taught it in practice and you learn it through experience, but like they don't do like, I'll give you an example, like a backhand. They don't teach you how to shoot with a backhand they don't teach you what a backhand is used for they pretty much teach you that passing catching a puck on the backhand you know and they teach that all the way up through minor hockey but to actually teach a kid what a goalie's thinking when you put the puck on your backhand now that goalie is a neutral he does not know where you're what you're going to do or what where you're going to go with that puck so those are some of the some of the little techniques that we want to implement to teach kids how to use those because i mean if if i mean as a young kid if i knew that a backhand was just as effective if not better than a forehand shot just because the goalie can't read it i'd probably use my backhand a lot more yeah yeah Yeah. so those those need to be taught especially uh the skating aspects and and what the skating is used for Uh, a lot of edge work right because yeah you use your edges a lot of kids think you think you use the entire skate, but you don't you use like two or three inches on the middle of your blade. So edge work is very important in our, in our school um, and even the mental aspect. So um, that's just, those are just some of the areas that I just like to cover. Yeah. I will post on our Facebook page, your, your Facebook page link and your Instagram just so parents will get an idea and see where you are doing the hockey schools next. Yeah, we are going to be in Edmonton from July 16th to the uh, 18th, uh, just on the weekend. It'll be in two weeks from now. Um, But a lot of our hockey schools are designed uh, to reach the communities that can't reach us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, one of these summer, hopefully next summer, we would love to hook you up and try to come out to Kenora because just in a one hour ride drive from Kenora, there's so many uh, reserves and communities and there's a lot of kids that play hockey. And, and I think them attending a hockey school will just develop their skills more and just give them an understanding what it takes to be a pro on and off the ice. So that's something that we should. Uh, that's, right. that's something that we should uh, look into and try to set up one of these. Hopefully next summer. No, that'd be that's a great idea because I mean, and another thing that uh, we are that we are um, going to be teaching uh, in the hockey school is how to use racism 
as a motivation. Um, because I mean, I've, I went through a lot of racism, um, in my hockey career and it, it, a lot of it can break a kid if you're not mentally strong. Yeah, and true. I've noticed, I've noticed in, in our nation, in the indigenous nation, um, a lot of kids get turned away from it when they run into it. And you should, you should never want to quit something based on somebody else not liking you because of where you come from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went through that almost every day uh, in my hockey career and it, it, it made me who I am today. Um, There was a lot of times where I spent some time by myself and I often wondered if I was, you know, why, why some people did not like me. And, and if I can, if they can play at that level, why could not, why can't I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so a couple times, um, it just about beat me. It, it truly did. But I looked at myself in the mirror and told myself that nobody is going to stop me from making my dream from, because I, it, it my, my hockey career wasn't just, uh, wasn't just that, like I dreamt of everything of play, even playing for the lightning as when I was six years old and they weren't even a team yet in the NHL. So there is, um, it's more of a meaning of how to fight through racism and to use it as motivation, you know? And what I mean by that is some kids on the ice, you know, they're racist towards you. Well, guess what? I'm going to prove to the scouts and the coaches that I'm a better player than you on the ice. You may talk, you may talk racism, whatever, but I'm going to use that. And the next time you touch the puck, I'm going to run you over. And I did every single time to every player that was like that towards me. And, you know, at that time I thought, you know, I'm using this in a way, but what I did not see is what my coaches were seeing. My coaches were seeing that I was using it in a different way, that I was overcoming it in that aspect. So it, it, they see me as a leader, as a leader on my teams. So, you know, and there's so much more to it that, uh, and this is what we offer at our, at my hockey school where, I mean, we have the off ice training and the, the mental preparation where we teach off ice. And this is only, isn't just for parents, this are players. This is for parents as well, where they can join uh, the classroom and listen, because I always think to myself, kids always think they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And parents know your kid best, you know, your kid. So if, Parents can take a part of that hockey school or even of that class to learn the mental aspects and how to use racism. They're only going to know their child better than me. You know, I'm sure a kid can take it from me and use it in his own way, but parents truly know your, your kids inside out. So yeah, that's where I want to, I want to connect with, with uh, parents as well, because I mean, we, we wanted to, we, we dropped our prices I and mean, a lot of guys are, are a lot higher, but we dropped our prices 250 per school which is lower than everybody else um and a lot of them don't teach this so um my business partner and i we've sat down we went over a lot of different uh, things and programs where we wanted to teach and implement but um that's that's pretty much the just of our hockey school is the skating the edge work the mental preparation and um and and the hard work because I will say this right now, no kid will make the NHL if they do not have hard work instilled in them. It, it, I'm, I'm sorry you will not make it because it's designed to weed them out. Yeah. It's the ones that work their butts off on the ice and off the ice are the ones that excel. And the one thing that you can't, you can't fool in those scouts' minds, those scouts' minds are, are, are they're they're experienced in everything in training and and on ice work work so you can't fool them and and to try to make it seem like you're working hard we there's things that we watch for that we already know if you're out of shape or not within the first five five minutes so those are things that we want to to teach kids at a young age so that when they get to the to junior a or the western hockey league or in your sense the ohl or the q they're mentally prepared and they already know what to do at that age. So when they get to junior, they're already thinking like a pro. So when they get to the pro leagues, they're already a pro because as a coach, when I get a kid that, that knows that type of stuff already, that pro game, yeah, man, man, you, it makes you so easy, easy on your teaching. And you know, if, 
you, you already know he's been taught properly. So, you know, there's, there's a couple steps that we want to get at with our, uh, with our company, uh, Beat to Dream Hockey Development. And, and our goal eventually is to, is to, is to maybe, not maybe, but hopefully get into an academy um, to be able to teach this with, you know, with the proper teaching uh, uh, credentials of teaching. But um, that, is, that is for uh, the, f- the near future. So we also want to reach those communities like we just talked about in those northern communities that can't reach uh, the cities or, yeah. or whatever. Like, like I was talking to my business partner and I told him, I said, I want to reach those communities that don't even have hockey rinks, that don't even have an outdoor rink. I said, if we have to take our shovels and clear off a spot on the, on the lake, when it's safe to do so, we will do our teaching on, on the lake. Like right back when we were little kids, like old school. And he yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, you know what? That's, that's a lot. Communities struggle with that because they want it. They, maybe they want that in their community, but they don't have a nice rink. They don't have an outdoor rink or, or whatnot. So yeah. It's the teaching that you know we can offer in those in those areas that those communities that can't make it to us. So I would definitely be be willing to talk with you further about um, you know in the near future about something like that, even coming to Ontario or whatnot. Yeah, for sure, that'd be something that we definitely will have to discuss, and I could see it happening because everyone loves hockey around here and everyone plays hockey. So it'd be good to to learn from learn from the pros because. I think kids have to see it firsthand to really understand it. Yeah, that's something that right. we have to talk right. about for sure. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, Darren. We appreciate it. And I had a blast. I, I I was a big Peter Forsberg fan growing up. And just hearing that story is just, it's very humbling <laughs> to hear because, right? yeah, because he's such a superstar. And it's good to hear like awesome stories like that just to, tells you that he's a down to earth person and he's a like a player's right. person. So thanks for sharing your story and That's thanks right. for coming on. And we'd love to have you back on again. And uh, we got to set something up for sure for you to come back on the yep. show. So again, thanks Darren and take care and we'll uh, talk to you again. Okay. Thanks Trevor. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Have a good day. That was a good interview with Darren. He's uh, sure he's going to be doing a lot of special work with first nation hockey players. Bush in that interview, he was uh, on niche time and was late. So he wasn't able to be in this interview. But yeah, thanks a lot again, Darren, for uh, taking the time to talk to Res Hockey. It was a great interview. And he's on Facebook and Instagram for you parents. If you want information, beat the dream. So check them out. And uh, it'd be cool to, to learn from the pros. Um, I think First Nation kids will gain a lot of uh, knowledge and learn from the best. And Darren made it to the show and he was able to uh, play with a lot of great players. Like like he said in the interview, Mr. Uh, Peter Forsberg, Stanley Cup champ, Hockey Hall of Famer. So he learned from the best. So uh, thanks again, Darren, and we'll have him on the show. So that's what you missed, Bush. See what happens wow. when you're in this time. <sighs> I couldn't read your, your, your writing. (laughs) Okay. One thing I want to talk about is that uh, I saw on Instagram is that there's a Stanley cup final drinking game. I've saw, I, I seen that. I seen, I've seen it. I seen it. it. I saw it. I saw, I saw it over there. Over there. (laughs) Okay. We're going to go over the rules and see what kind of redonkulous rules these people made okay someone mentions tampa is 17 million over the cap take a drink Braden point scores a goal take a drink refs make a bad call screaming TV. well i do that anyways though why wouldn't make a bad call so that's then take a drink holy man yeah (laughs) vegas scores a goal oh Oh, wait wait. (laughs) see this is the one i like pierre mcguire it should just be anytime Pierre Maguire brings up um, whatever um, City Crosby used to do. <laughs> oh my God, he's I annoying! Know. I'm glad we don't have double like. Beyond. You remember that? Yeah, he got double <laughs> fenuffed or yeah, it's something. Jeez, ridiculous. Call. I'm glad like we have Sportsnet and CBC to listen to because if we lived yeah. in the states, I wouldn't be able to handle listening to Pierre Maguire. He's yeah, he's yeah, so annoying. Don't you think his wife and kids would 
say like, come on, Pierre, you're kind of like, come on, pops. Yeah. You're kind of a goof. Settle down a bit, man. I don't know. Announcers mentioned Montreal's veteran fourth line. Take a drink. Yeah. Maple. No, you, you can have this one. Okay, this is a big one. A Maple Leaf fan comments on how they should have they, they should have been there. Throw your drink at them. <laughs> That's true. If Montreal, Toronto was one game from beating the Habs. Yeah, I know. Toronto should be there. Never mind Edmonton, Montreal. Edmonton was four games away from beating Winnipeg. <laughs> if it wasn't for Carey Price, I would I would not be cheering for Montreal. I would be. We know. talked about this last week. You I know, but cheering them. I know what you mean, though. Uh, you know, prices are cuz you gotta support our cuz. That's, that's true, and it would have been White Cloud, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's gonna be a long summer of heartache. <laughs> TSN posts about Cole Caulfield. Submerge your phone in your drink. That's I don't know. Kid's only twenty years old. Like, Price or Vaskaleski makes a ridiculous save. You gotta take a shot. No, yeah, he, no. you're not even gonna make it to the end of first, end of the first second period. You're gonna be yeah. like how Bush was last week, just spinning circles and <laughs> having soup on the bed. Like a... <laughs> I would have loved to see that. What kind of phone does Suha? Does she have an iPhone? I have no idea. Oh man, next time just go live or just face or uh FaceTime and just that would love to see you. <laughs> just for FYI if people that don't know. Bush got pretty squaby the other oh, night. No, the, no, the term is give squaby. Okay. That's what we call it here. So he so he had to get helped put into bed. Yeah. And he had the spins. <laughs> Oh, the bad spins. Well, you know, the Islanders won. It was great. I think I would have liked that final more if the Islanders would have won instead of Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. What else is the rules of this drinking game we're talking about? Where are we? Camera shows Mark Bergevin in a red suit. I don't know about that. Yeah. Where's the frame elimination games? Daniel eats pizza during post game. Grab a slice of pizza, then finish your drink. I don't know about that one. I guess you can get pretty drunk off off these rules. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try them, though. I will. Yeah, do it, and I'll uh, record you. Yeah. And we'll post it on our Facebook. (laughs) I'll I'll come over, and we'll just uh, I'll record you, and I'll post it on the Facebook to see how plastered you can get. Just hammered. (laughs) So, yeah, game one's today. What else are you up to? Today? Um, Today, after my jog, not much. I'm, I'm going to hydrate in a little bit. Today was my first day back in the office since November. It was pretty crazy. It was, I felt like I had my backpack with my laptop, had my, I double strapped my backpack. And I felt like a kid in like that first day of school. I was wearing my brand new town clothes, wearing my new sandals. It was, uh, felt like I was a kid going to their first day of school is but the thing i don't understand like we we have to wear a mask walking around the office but once you sit down you gotta take your mask off yeah you do like i don't know what's the logic in that what's the point of wearing a mask if you don't have to wear it at your desk well look at the nhl players they're not wearing a mask but they're coaches yeah and there's that one bit uh, that's yeah or, i don't know I don't know. That, like, uh, yeah, you can just bitch and complain and wonder, but I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> but oh well. But yeah, first day back at the office, had fun. Saw Mr. Larry Taylor and Tone, just the three of us hanging out Holy in the office. Uh, the, the work that must have got done there. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> we sat there pretty much just laughing and joking around, which is good to hang around with those guys, those hooligans, and just joke mm. around. I guess we're kind of loud because people from the hallway were coming in and joining our discussion and conversation. So, But it was fun, though. It's fun to be back in the office, see co-workers. Bush is looking at his playoff beard. Yeah. Let's make a wager. Let's see. Let's make a Stanley Cup final wager. Stanley Cup final wager. We should do a poll. 
first. You know, well, game once tonight, say yeah. if Montreal loses and Tampa Bay wins, you have to shave your beard. I'm not making that kind of wager yet. Come on. You have to do it before game one. You can't make a wager after game one. It has to be before the final start. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting my beard up against the game, especially when I want Montreal to win. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? We should make a poll. By, well, the podcast comes out on Tuesday, the 29th, which is tomorrow. And game two is Wednesday. You won't have time because yeah. by next Monday, it would be game four already. And mm-hmm. I don't know. You should do something. LT said he's going to shave his beard. If LT does, no. how about if LT shut, shaves his beard? You have to shave your beard. No, maybe. We'll see. I so said, we'll see. Hmm. <laughs> okay. How about if Montreal wins the cup? I grow a mustache. <laughs> And I never, I grew a mustache once for my kids because they asked me to for that Movember. And do, just do that Movember. Okay. Okay. We'll wait till Movember. But I'm going to start maybe in October because my mustache is pretty weak. My game is weak. So maybe I'll start. Okay. Res Movember. Yeah. We'll fundraise too for that. Yeah. For whatever they're fundraising again. Men's, uh, men's health. Men's health. Yeah, so we'll fundraise for that. And we'll get some of the listeners to uh, join us as well. So that's mm-hmm. something we should uh, remember yeah. for November. Phase two of opening up. I wish the Kenora would open up the rinks in July. I mean, they do it at the end of July, but be like Thunder Bay and others yeah. like this, like Winnipeg. Keep the ice open all year round. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a disadvantage for kids because you got kids in major cities skating all year round and Kenora takes their ice out in April, like April, May, June, July. That's four months of ice time that they're missing. Yeah. Like, come on, Kenora, get it together. Yeah. We need we need newer buildings though. They they need to take the ice out to do the to do the maintenance. Yeah. But I mean, how long does it take to 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 patch stuff up or to make sure stuff's up to code and shit like that. Like what? You should talk to Mr. Ryan Fisher. Come on, Rye. Yeah, Rye. Work fast so we can get the ice in. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> baseball soon. I'm gearing up for that. I think I'm not playing this year. I just, my blast is hard on my lungs mm-hmm. still. So I think I'm just going to come watch and be a fan and laugh at you guys. That's okay. It's good to laugh. Yeah. It's good to us. laugh at bush when he uh oh you should hear the they're relentless they're relentless with me i don't know why actually i do know why because you're bush yeah you're you (laughs) have you watched any good movies lately um watch series i watched loki i'm waiting waiting oh i haven't watched that yet white place two to start up on uh whatever you know what a you since you have disney plus you know what a good movie was and i was surprised is that cruella Really, eh? Yeah, that was actually pretty good. They have a wicked soundtrack, like all seven, like sixties and seventies music, like rock music. It was good. So that's a movie you should check out. I'd listen to that soundtrack. I'm waiting for some movies to come out. Like as I said, Quiet Place Two. Did you watch the first one? Quiet no, Place? no, it's good. It's not on. It's only it's streaming yet, or still. I think it's old. But anyways, it's pretty cool. Is it a blockbuster? It's it would be uh or movie gallery special at Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> movie gallery. Holy. We have a movie rental place back home. It's called Gigi's, and they used to have this little shack. And like it was such it was like a big thing to be when we used to go there and rent movies at Gigi's. So when were the new releases? Uh were they Fridays or fr- Fridays, yeah. And they used to have posters of which movie would come out. So you just stand there and look like, ooh, this movie's coming out this date. And to, those yeah, were the days, man. We used to have a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself in Kanara here, but anybody, any of our listeners remember RNS Video in Kuwaitin? Mm, yeah. It I've never was, heard of that. RNS Video, it used to be across the bus stop right in Kuwaitin. Is, what uh, bus stop? I didn't even know there was a bus stop. Bus stop in Kuwait. Like a town bus stop? 
Yeah, it's right by the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would have said that, I would have known. Right by that LCBO. And yeah, I was like, okay, really- that's where it was. Yeah. <laughs> Just say those magic words. I'd be, okay, I know where that is. Near where Herms used to be. For all of our loyal listeners who remember Herms, is the best burger in town. Herms burger, straight up. Is that beside the post office in, in Kuwait? No, no, no. It's where now it's where the pet food store is. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're really going oh, back I know. to old school, eh? Oh, well, I was reminiscing about nowhere in town makes a good burger anymore. So, oh, yeah, that's true. The, probably the best burger I had was this place called Gordy's High Top. And in, in what town was it? What's that town outside Duluth? Um, Cloquet. Oh, Cloquet, Minnesota. These. This comp- this store restaurant they were on diners, divins, and drives. Okay. On two episodes, and they make a really mean burger. And that was probably my best burger. Yeah, I can't wait till. Winnipeg. No. That's a good burger. It was. I was also on that uh, feature diners, drives, and whatever it's called. Diners, drive, drive-ins, and dives. Something like that. Uh, we should try to make a good burger. Come up with a recipe. A res hog. Res hockey. A res hockey burger. Yeah, let's try it. A res should, hockey we burger. Have a burger off. Go live. Yeah, we should. We could do that. Because you're and a just, chef. Yeah. On our burger, would would you put click or spam? Do them both. Oh, I'd put click, and... man. No. You can't do spam. Yes, you can. You gotta go click. A click burger. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Fry it up. A burger with click, an egg. Over easy and corned beef hash. Oh, How no. deadly would that burger be? I'm getting hungry. Oh man, I, we should try that. So a burger, click, an over easy egg and corned beef hash. Yeah, that, that's money right there. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that this weekend. I'm okay. I'll and uh, we'll show you on our Facebook page just to see how it turned out. But it sounds really good. It It'd probably be like a brunch burger because you have. The burger, then you got a lot of that breakfast going on. It'd be a good Sunday morning burger before oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Just after a night of a couple cold ones and just wake up. It's like, I want a burger, but I want breakfast. And boom, yeah. you got your your yeah, res hockey. We should call that the official res hockey burger. Yes. The res hockey burger. Hmm. That's a new recipe. Let's try yeah. it out. <laughs> okay folks that's it for episode number five i'm trev and i'm with my man bush Mm -hmm. so uh we'll see you guys for episode number six so see you guys take care stay warm never mind don't stay warm (laughs) it's summertime holy mackerel stay hydrated or hydrated is what you want i think i don't know why i said stay warm that's messed up. Yeah, let's go before I say anything redonkulous. All right, guys. We'll see you again. Peace.